This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for the Intentionality Gurus with Candace Pollock. And as usual, we don't pre-plan any of our podcasts. I usually get the title of the podcast in the blurb um, just right before we go to production. And I didn't even have time to look at it, Candace. So do you want to tell us what we're going to talk about today? Okay, so today's title is How Shallow Are You? And the idea today is um, building on our theme from the last uh, podcast, Compound One Thing. And that, it, so, but today's episode is focusing on the distinction between shallow work and deep work. Cal Newport explored it, but also um, a, a man named um, John Sillin, C I L K I N. And basically, we can be subject to what somebody quoted as the tyranny of shallow work. And we'll explain what that is and how that um, kind of whipsaws our lives. Okay. Alrighty. So, in any given day, how much time proportionately do you think you spend on things that are urgent, but not really important? They seem important in the moment, but in the big picture, they're not driving you towards uh, your overarching um, objectives or even a week's objective. Um, 50% or more. Is that all? <laughs> in my life, it you know, some weeks it can be something like 99%. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, in fact, I was just discussing this with um, another coach that we both know. And I said that since my accident, I have not been able to get back on a schedule. And so I'm finding that I'm busier than ever, but I'm not necessarily doing what I really want to do and I haven't figured out why that's happening to me you know it's just like okay I have a pile on my desk I'm just going to go through it no matter how important it is or not yeah so what is that feeling in the body and in your thoughts and so on when when it, those occasions occur um I almost feel nauseous because it's like you know what are you doing? I, it just feels so wasted. Um, and if I do come across something in that pile that, you know, oh yeah, this really needs to get done. Usually it's so insignificant when I finally get it done. It probably was important 30 days, 60 days ago. Now it's not important at all. And, and so was it really important or was it something you characterized as important? Well, definitely something that I characterize as important. Um, if I would have possibly followed through on it previously, um, maybe other things would have fallen into place a little bit better. But it just got into the pile because I wasn't, I wasn't focusing on doing my business the right way. That's a good way to put it. Okay, so what occurs to you now hearing yourself say that? Um, that I'm giving myself a kick in the butt this morning. Um, and I started it last night. I looked at <clears throat> all the recordings I want to do this week, uh, what I need to do for coaching, 
and then what I need to do for myself. And um, I haven't started my vision board yet, but I have a vision board in my head and I'm now ready to go to the office store, getting a piece of poster board of some sort and putting those stickies on it so that I can actually rip them off as things are done. So you said the recordings for the week and then the, um, I forget what the middle one was, but coaching, coaching. Okay. And, And then things for yourself in that order. Right. In that order? In that order. Okay. And what occurs to you when I press that point? Uh, I knew exactly where you're going. If I don't take care of myself, the other things won't fall into place. Right. Um, Especially recovering from your accident. Right. And, you know, I guess I intertwine doing for myself into those other categories um, because my podcasting really is an extension of me. It's something that I really need. Um, and not doing it as regularly, and I realize it's been nine weeks now, um, I've, I have felt like I lost a part of me. And I know that I've got to get <clears throat> back into that routine so that um, I can you know, start filling up the hole that I created. Yeah, I really love that distinction you made. It makes it's giving me thought for myself because, you know, coaching for me um, and advocating and, you know, a couple of those things that I, you know, see in my own mind's eye are the same or things I love doing. And so it's hard for me to turn things off and do the self-care things. But I recognize certainly um, the importance of those things. So in terms of... Um, those of us who are self-employed and have, you know, the ability to control theoretically um, our schedule. And I say theoretically, you know, a little tongue in cheek because we don't often feel, I remember way, way, way back when I had a paralegal business before I went to law school and um, people would often say to me, other paralegals as a rule, they'd say, oh, it's great that you work for yourself. Nobody can tell you what to do. And I thought, oh, as if. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of my customers were telling me because they had deadlines and I had to meet those deadlines. So I had actually, you know, um, expanded or what do you call it, compounded um, the issue. So yeah. thinking in a given day of the urgent things at versus the um, important things um, and thinking about what you just described, your um, board with the stickies and so on. What, what shows up in, in terms of how you might actually construct that? Well, one of the things that um, I started doing uh, probably the end of last week is at least <clears throat> when I get up in the morning, making a period of time, and it sometimes it can be five minutes, sometimes it can be up to 30. Um, but that period of time is for me, whether I'm exercising or I'm um, going back to bed, not to sleep, but just to, to let my mind water and wander. Um, Cause in the past, the alarm would get up, go off and I would jump out of bed. Um, I'm not a person who pushes the snooze. 
But now I'm realizing, even though I don't do that, I need to take this period of time to get my body to respond to it's a new day. And this morning, um, my husband got up and showered. He comes back to the room and there I am doing my exercises. And then he walked out of the room and came back like 10 minutes later and I still was. And when I finished, he said, aren't you only supposed to do about 15 minutes worth of exercises? And I said, yes. And he said, well, you did 30. And I said, well, my mind was wandering and it felt good to let it just go while I was exercising. I wasn't thinking of anything in particular and doing that, that refreshes me for the rest of the day. I um, just love that. So by spending that time, I guess it's like brainstorming or just letting your thoughts kind of go to where they need to go. You are energized for the day. Yep. All right. So it, it's a perfect illustration of this idea. If you were to wake up knowing that you had, you know, these pesky little tasks to, to do and so on that were not necessarily crucial that it wasn't the house of cards card that you know is going to support the entire structure right those days tend to feel and I, I don't want to lead you I don't want that to be a leading question well you know there are there are some days that you, you know I don't do the self-care I mean I'm really on day five and it's going really good and it's becoming a habit um and that's how I'm I look at it because if I look at it, oh, I'm just going to take care of myself. Um, I still come from that background that's being selfish, but this becomes a habit so that when I look at those stickies in my head right now, um, I can sometimes start moving them around. You know, oh, I thought the most important one for the day um, was to get to the mailbox to mail something to my son. Yeah, it's important, but it's not crucial. It's not life-threatening. And if I never mailed it to him, he'd be okay without it. So yesterday it was on the top of my list for today. Today it's already moved down. You know, it'll get done, but it's not crucial. Son, son, who, right? No, I'm not just that's yep. the extreme, but it's just such a perfect illustration of how that was a task. And yeah, it, I don't know how we might use the word important. I mean, it has some element of, I don't know, I don't even want to give it the word significance, but it's your son. All right. And normally our instinct would be, yes, I, I should take care of this. It's a should. And you were able to see the distinction between it being important versus something you could do. Exactly. Right. And so I, I think that's a great illustration of the um, almost the deep work versus the shallow work. So Cal Newport took a bunch of ideas and he wrote the book Deep Work. And in Deep Work, he refers to, you know, deep work is the um, cognitive abilities pushed to the limit when you're working without distractions, you're focusing on something with deep concentration, and then in time, new value will be created. You'll see a new opportunity to make that available to others, you know, what have you. And shallow work is 
for knowledge workers is work that isn't cognitively demanding. It could be something that we, we you know, do routinely and so on, checking email, responding to email, you know, those kinds of things is the classic example. And you can multitask while you're doing it, but it's not creating value. And his premise in the book is for knowledge workers. Now, remember, he's in his 30s. I think at the time he wrote it, he probably was, you know, on the young side of 35. In his field, he's a computer um, technology professor at Georgetown University, as well as an author of several books. And he's a future thinker. In his world, that's his value. And so the question becomes, if he spends his time in shallow work, doing the stuff that most of us think we need to do, he's not going to be able to produce that forward thinking value for the rest of us. He wrote uh, A World Without Email. And at, on the premise, I thought, oh, gee, yeah, right. That's, yeah. that's going to happen. But then he talks about ways to reduce the, how much time it involves. So what are your thoughts hearing me say all those words? Well, you know, I, I wrote about this for the last two days that um, we all think so many things are important and they may be important right now. Um, and if, if it makes you feel complete by finishing whatever that task is, then that's okay. But it's not okay if you are responding to that task and making yourself ill in any way. Um, and I realized before my accident, that's exactly what was happening. I was just, you know, oh, I have to, I have to look busy and be busy for people to take me seriously. And even though I knew that was not true, that's what I was living by. And all of a sudden I have this accident and I'm not even doing a, I'm doing a very small fraction of what I was doing before. And I've have felt like I was losing my own identity. And so something that we talked about last week just hit me and it was like, you know, I have a calendar with things on it, but it can be, it can inundate me. And that I also need to get into my program, read it. Oh, I may be distracted by an email. And when you talked about the vision board, it was like, I can turn away from the computer and look at the vision board. And I can move things around if I want to or need to. And then if I have to put it into my calendar, but instead I've been putting everything into my calendar and it gets lost. If I forget to go back the next day to see what I put in there, um, it's gone. But my vision board will have it until it's completed. Yeah, and, and having everything in the calendar, um, and I'm going to make a, a leap of assumption here. I'm going to assume like the kitchen drunk drawer of things. It's just in there willy-nilly, you know, a little yep. task here, a big task there, you know, maybe some deep work um, someplace else. Then we're, we're squandering our attention and a phrase that Nick... Um, Carr uses in his um, book, The Shallows, he says, um, the 
the ability to control our attention is the number one most important skill to have a happy, fulfilled life, you know, whether it be business and or um, otherwise. And much of what we think is urgent, it's urgent because we don't have a system around it. It's like, yep. duh, all right, but, but who has time to make a system? Because we're so busy, you know, being candy on demand or caring on demand, we email comes in, have to respond. So the idea with the calendaring or, or you know, rather than thinking of it as calendaring, calendaring, we can be thinking of it as attention control focus. And so I'm going to bunch these shallow tasks to this particular time slot. And then because I have them in aggregate, I can start to see patterns and say, okay, where can I eliminate this? I'll give you an example. So, you know, I belong to several groups, not a lot, less than I used to. And um, with the advent of email, there was email, um, there is um, phone calls, um, there is um, WhatsApp, yep. there, there is texting, and I can't think of what else. Oh, for a while we had Boxer, all right? And there was a, one group in particular that we often communicate by text, but then some, there was a change in the schedule and I showed up for a meeting, you know, electronic meeting, and there had been a change. And so I posed that via text and they said, oh, well, we sent that via email. It's like, okay. So now I have to look at my email list. I might have to look at my telephone list. I may need to look at my um, text list. I may need to look at WhatsApp depending on the group. So um, in Win the Week, uh, Demir and Carrie Bentley talk about creating a communication policy. So I attempted to suggest that our group come up with a communication policy that this will be the primary mechanism of communication. So I only need to go to one place because when I replicate that need to check here, there, and everywhere, I don't know if I've had the most recent communication. So I have to go back a few times, but it just exponentially consumes a boatload of time. Well, and you know, I heard you talking about this once before, and um, I had decided when we started the business that all, all business-related discussion had to go through email mm -hmm. because that way I could put it in separate folders. I could go back and look at what I said to you, what you said to me. Um, and I've run across the fact that there are so many people who like to text rather than use email. And my comment has been, if you're trying to reach me quickly, go ahead and text me, you know, call me or text me. But if you're telling me something about our meeting or business, put the detail in an email because I'm losing my text messages. You know, I, I didn't even realize that after, I think it's, I said it after 30 days, they automatically get deleted. So if somebody you know, says, well, I texted you that in June, well, I probably don't have it anymore. But if you sent me an email, I definitely have it. So that's your communication policy. So right. Demir and Carrie Bentley would say, put that in writing and then make that known. And, you know, I've done that internally in, in some contexts and so on, but not everybody <laughs> resorts to that. And then somebody told me, 
well, you know, millennials won't check their email. It's like, okay, uh, <laughs> what can I say? This is my policy. Right. It's the only way I'm like you. I, I, it, it's beneficial for me to have one place where the communication occurs when it's business and scheduling things and those kinds of communications. And texting is, um, it requires more effort. I do appreciate being able to voice uh, record a text um and it, whatsapp and so on but i i don't need to replicate more places because it, it's like um you know we had paypal mm -hmm. and now there's you know same people use venmo and there's google pay and there's all of these other things and like okay how many how many places do i need to look so right. i'm starting to just sound to myself like a crank but in the context of deep work and shallow work just che checking that stuff is a lot of shallow work. And so it, it's, it robs our attention. It fractures our attention from other things. But if we block it to a particular time of day so that we're, you know, we're, we know we're not going to be checking things, that can be part of the communication um, policy. And um, we, we're going to have a greater opportunity to protect those deep block times for deeper thought and where we may be coming up with some of those solutions and so on. Anything else on that, on that point? Um, no, I'm, you know, I've, I've put my um, information out in writing um, and 95% of those contacts, you know, are following through, um, you know, and I've said, you know, there are other ways, but those other ways need to be, um, not as important or just saying, hey, would you read your email? Um, you know, my husband doesn't have any social media. He hates it. Um, although he loves looking at the, my the social tech media. Guy. The, yeah. the tech guy, right? Yeah. Right. Um, but at his job, they use Teams 24-7. So if you want to call somebody, you use Teams. If you need to send an email, you go through Teams. And, you know, yeah, he's a tech guy, but his comment to me was, I, I don't see how I can put this all in one folder so I have that tra trail. <laughs> and especially for what he does. Um, so where he works, he's dependent on certain union people. But the union people aren't always at his plant when he needs them. And he said, so if he puts it in an email and the person responds in the email, he knows exactly where that is. But when they respond through Teams, he says it just goes off into Never Never Land. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and he, so he, he was going in today to have a little fuss about that. But um, technology is just, it's made things easier, but it's also made things more cumbersome for us. Yeah, and I think the most perfect quote on that is from that Nicholas Carr again. And he said, we shape our tools and after they shape us. I just love that. And so, you know, we have to be like Frankenstein. We have to be careful about what we create. Yeah. So in, in terms of, you know, how shallow are we, I, I think going forward we can just be paying attention to the extent you know any day that we feel like we're kind of getting buffeted by 
stuff that's coming at us rather than being able to forge forward on the things that we need to do. We can just pay attention to what was it, you know, how can I block this? Where would this show up if it were to be in a block of time? And um, what kind of policies can I make internally that I'm going to hold myself to? That That's that's the hardest part. It, well, then how do I deal with those people that defy the process? Yeah, I mean, you are so right because, you know, I, when I told all my clients last week, um, <clears throat> I'm not working on the weekend unless I have made arrangements with you to work on the weekend. Doesn't mean that you can't email me or anything like that, but I'm probably not going to respond. Mm -hmm. But I like keeping up with my email on the weekend only so that I can filter out the things that aren't important. Mm -hmm. um, and now to create those sticky notes too, that says, you know, um, you know, you told Candace you'd follow up on this by a certain date. Yeah, I can put that in my calendar and it will get lost. But the sticky in front of me, you know, every time I walk into the office, I'll see it on the board and know what needs to get done or what I can change now because it's not as important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and there's some gratification in being able to take the sticky off and crumble it and say, done. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why that, yeah. that is, it, it's kind of silly and so on. So, you know, this conversation today isn't necessarily going to be deep. It's going to be shallow, but but deep at, in the same way if we take it that way. So just to be paying attention to where can we drain some of the shallows? Where can we you know, um, Demir and Carrie Bentley talk about taco. Where can we terminate it? Where can we automate it? Where can we consolidate it? And um, where where can we outsource things? And they even talk about a system about outsourcing email. And a lot of people go, oh, what? No, only I can do it. But they have a system where you can train someone and have standards around somebody triaging email and then some email templates that would most likely be used in those scenarios. And then the assistant can park those in a folder and say, hey, look in the folder. And then the person who needs to send them out can look at it and say, yeah, click and just hit send. All right. But the triage and capturing the important stuff versus the non-important stuff. I have different emails for different things which is, you know, a blessing and a curse, but it helps me segregate the, the different roles. Right. I, I, I do not, as a rule, give out my cell phone number. Um, I used to always tell people I'm not candy on demand because I couldn't promise that I could respond. I didn't want to set up that expectation. And over time, I've had to erode that somewhat because it, you know, I don't have a landline anymore. I, I do have a Google um, phone number, but most people will um, text me and, and so on. And I, I, I'm sorry to say that my way of dealing with it is I've trained people that I'm not responding. And I and I don't. I mean, it isn't all intentional. Sure. Um, I just don't have my alerts on, um, except for a couple of people, my sisters. So the idea is that's the way I can insulate myself. Well, and and I think we all need that. I mean, I think that I've realized that in a couple of the groups that I belong to, that um, 
I've always left myself open to everybody. And because I've done that, um, I've expected that same kind of response back to me. And uh, it's not healthy because, you know, there for a while I had people that were calling me, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning because they knew that I didn't sleep well. And hey, this would be a good time to discuss this. And it's like, no. And so I had to put the information out that these are my office hours. Um, but if we agree ahead of time, yes, we're going to have a conversation tonight at 11 o'clock because your house will be quiet and my house will be quiet. We can do that. That's okay, but it must be agreed upon before I go outside of my boundaries. Yeah, I, I really love that. And there was one group, there were five of us. I was one of five and they knew each other previously. I was like the newbie coming into the group and they were constantly texting each other and I didn't realize the alert was on and my phone was constantly tinging and it's like my brain just could not stay on task. And I finally like turned off the alerts. Like, and when I looked at what they were saying, it was just, you know, silly. I'm sorry to be judgmental, but it was, I don't know why somebody would bother going back and forth. Like, Hey, yeah, great. Oh, good idea. Uh, High five. And okay. Can we like, not do that or you know i guess the better answer is i should turn off my alerts which i have done so all right so how shallow are you um yeah pretty shallow right now um but working up to a point where um i'll be more focused uh and for those listening we might get to that point where we're really, really focused, but something can happen in your day or your week or weekend where you sort of fall off the fence and you have to start all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I used to think that was a bad thing. It was like going on a diet and, you know, you're doing really well and you've lost 10 pounds and then, you know, you go away for the weekend and you put three pounds back on and, you figure, oh, the heck with the diet, it's not gonna work anymore. But it was working. You just took a break from it. Now you can try it again. And that's what I'm doing with everything that we talk about on on this podcast, because it reinstates that we have the ability. And you know, if you choose to be shallow, then that's okay. That's what you wanna be. Um, And it's new data. That's all, you know, it's just new data coming in. Okay. Do I need to tweak this or is it, this is fine, but it's the whole point is being intentional about it and and choosing your, the fork that you want to take, not having it chosen for you. Exactly. Well, we started um, off today on a good tone because we're giving people something to think about and, uh, This is the last podcast of July, and we will be back next month and hopefully on schedule. Um, But, you know, when you're working with me recently, uh, you know, schedules have been a little bit mixed up, but we're going to try really hard going forward because it's better for me to look at that whiteboard with the sticky on it and know that this is when 
I am recording. So I appreciate all your help in that area. Well, and I will do my best to comply with that. Thank okay. You. Well, have a great day. It looks like a beautiful sunny day in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, it's not supposed to be too hot. So yeah, it's not a hundred and plus temperatures like elsewhere. Huh. Yeah. My son was complaining yesterday. It was 111 in Fort Worth, oh. Texas. And I said, are you going out at all? And he said, I don't have to. And the answer is no. And oh. I thought, that's good. <laughs> and Lord so, help them if the electricity goes out. Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny because they haven't had any brownouts because I've asked them. And he said, no. But he doesn't run a lot of uh, lights in his house. He, he doesn't mind sitting in the dark. So yeah. I do, but he doesn't. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you all next month. Have a great one. Thanks, Karen. Bye.